0: Hello and welcome to the Witch Hut. I'm your host, Chelsea Martinez, and I'm here to add some magic to your day. I shared last week that my cat Juno had surgery and she's recovering well. Her stitches haven't come out at the time this is being recorded, but she's going to the vet the same day this is being released. So hopefully by the time you're listening to this... Her stitches are out and she is good as new, save for a little bald patch on her butt. I don't have a ton of updates this week. Something that I didn't realize is how stir-crazy this cat was going to get and a lot of my energy has been spent trying to keep her happy enough to not escape the bedroom. Her sister has already attempted a rescue mission and Juno herself is getting very bold with the door. Because of that, instead of an update... I want to share a story. I want to tell you about how my meeting Juno is completely intertwined with the spiritual awakening I had several years ago. I think I've mentioned before that I actually grew up around witchcraft, and a lot of my early 20s were spent kind of feeling like spirituality wasn't for me, and what had been an off-and-on practice became very much off. Then, I got a tarot deck because I remembered how much I used to love tarot when I was younger, and I stuck with that for a long time, and that was a good enough outlet for spiritual expression. After a few years, I felt like that wasn't really enough for me, and I also felt like I had kind of walked away from witchcraft, and I had a lot of feelings about how certain things were only for spiritual people, and I didn't see myself as a spiritual person. I would peek at witchy accounts on Instagram and think, I wish I could do that. If only I were a spiritual person, which sounds very silly in retrospect, but at the time I don't think I really understood that I could be a science-minded modern woman and still be a spiritual person. When I met Juno, I had just gotten married, we were really, really broke, and I was working the worst job I've ever had. I had a lot of feelings of inferiority because this job was literally the opposite of anything even remotely magical, and I also felt like I had just been married and maybe I would be pulling a bait and switch on my husband if I suddenly became spiritual. My husband has always been very supportive of anything that makes me happier, but at the time I was only reading tarot and I felt like, well, if I get into any kind of woo-woo stuff, is that becoming a different person? Would I be too far removed from who I had been during our entire relationship? I don't think anyone is obligated to stay the exact same person they were at the moment they got married, But I can tell you right now, if I were married to someone who suddenly became a Christian fundamentalist, I would have some issues with that. So I put that out of my mind. We met Juno the day after Thanksgiving, and she actually picked me. I was looking at another cat, and she reached through the bars of her cage to tap her paw at me, and right away I knew she was really special. We were able to bring her into a private meeting room, and even though she hid under a table and did not want to come out, She let me scratch her head and purred so loudly that I knew she was telling me that she needed to come home with us. Between when I met her and when we could bring her home, she still needed to get spayed, so the shelter told us we could pick her up after her surgery on the following Monday. This gave us some time to pick a name for her, and what's funny is I had originally suggested Juno as a hypothetical cat's name, but my husband didn't like it, and so we had kind of settled on Gigabyte as a name we actually liked. Juno is really small, so to be honest, I actually think she kind of looks like a Gigabyte. But then when I said, so do we still want to go with Gigabyte? My husband said, no, that's not her name. And as a joke, I was like, okay, so what about Juno? And he said, yes, that is her name. Over the weekend, I had a dream that I'll never, ever forget. The horrible job that I had at the time was as a courtesy clerk at a SoCal-specific chain of grocery stores, and one of my tasks was to fetch all the shopping carts from the parking lot. I hated this, but honestly, at night, at least it gave me some time away from being in the nightmare hellscape of the actual store, and in my dream, I was at work, collecting carts at night, wearing that stupid uniform with that ridiculous little clip-on tie. But this time, as I was pushing empty carts back towards the store, Instead of seeing more empty lot, there was a huge forest, as if it had sprung from nowhere, fully formed. I didn't know what I was looking at, but I knew that within that forest, there was more than what that parking lot could offer me, and I wanted more than anything to be able to enter freely. At the edge of the clearing, there was a tall woman, literally glowing silvery white like she was made of moonlight. We talked for a while, and while I'll keep some of those details private, she basically told me that she came here for me and that I was not meant for what I was pretending was all I was worth. She told me that I could enter the forest someday, when I was ready, but that I had to go now. I woke up from that dream absolutely sure in my heart that I was a witch, and that I could never change that, and that pretending otherwise would lead me nowhere. Personally, I have always felt that Juno is a part of my soul and that I wouldn't have had that dream had I not met a part of myself, but ever since then I have tried to be just as magical as she is. And Juno is truly a magical cat who spends time with me during tarot readings and has always liked to be around magical activities. She's been my constant companion during a lot of difficult growth and wonderful revelations, and I see her as the most magical part of my own soul. One of the first, most basic things I recommend to anyone who wants to begin and maintain a spiritual practice is to find some kind of routine to center their spiritual activity around. It doesn't have to be elaborate, and it doesn't have to happen every single day. My own routine is to get my altar all lit up with candles and make my offerings every Friday. I can do more, but if for whatever reason I don't want to or I can't during the rest of the week, I know that at least once a week I'm setting aside time for my spiritual practice. I've talked about being able to intentionally choose to take breaks and how that's fine, but the truth is sometimes you're going to have your routine disrupted for reasons that are completely beyond your control. You don't always want to take a break, and sometimes your circumstances will make that choice for you, and today I want to talk about how you can make those times easier on yourself. I know for me, my spirituality is a major part of who I am and how I'm able to cope with life, and during the times when I want to practice and I can't, I feel a little less emotionally well. During this time of looking after my cat while she recovers, I've had to work through disruptions to my normal routine because I was suddenly spending a lot of time in a closed off room away from my altar. Fire safety comes first, so I wasn't about to leave lit candles unattended, particularly when there are two other cats out there. You might find yourself in a similar situation. Maybe you're traveling or having to cope with a lot of other life stresses that are taking up time you might spend in spiritual practice. Or maybe no matter what you actually want to be doing, you just aren't feeling up to your normal routine. Before I say anything else, I think it's really important to state that based on my own experiences, I have absolutely no reason to believe that disrupting your routine does anything negative for your practice beyond being something you don't like. I've never felt like I've angered the spirits or upset my matron or in any way damaged my own magic. The negative things I have experienced have been feeling a little frayed around the edges, feeling emotionally charged and not having an outlet for that, or feeling emotionally drained without something to soothe me. Those are really uncomfortable, but if you do feel that way, try to remember that those feelings don't necessarily mean that there will be any lasting negative effects on your practice. Personally, I feel like if magic were so easily lost or deities were so easily turned away, I would not want to devote myself to witchcraft the way that I do. And now that I've said that, let's talk about what you can do to actually make the disruption to your routine easier and less uncomfortable. I'm sorry if you can uh, hear my cat kicking her cone in the background. (laughs) The first thing I would suggest is figuring out if there's anything you're actually still able to do. Maybe you can't do everything, but there's a good chance you can do at least a little. I haven't been able to light any altar candles, but I can replace and refresh my offerings, and taking a little bit of time to do that does give me back some of my routine and also gives me the chance to acknowledge that I would like to do more, but at least I will do what I can. Something else that can be really helpful is creating a home away from home type of an altar. You don't actually need an altar or anything else to have a spiritual experience, but having an altar can be really comforting and can definitely make it easier to have that spiritual experience when you really need it. I've seen altars or miniature witch kits in Altoid tins, and I've made one myself, and that can be really helpful if you need something you can stick in an overnight bag or even your pocket. You can fit a surprising amount in an Altoid tin, but I think that if you can use a cosmetic bag or a toiletry bag, it's even better. Obviously your situation will dictate what can go in your little kit, but I think I would prioritize a small tarot deck, a little cup or dish, or even a thimble for an offering and a little clear quartz. Using a tarot deck is great, not only for divination, but also because you'll have 78 images at your fingertips to use for pathworking or meditation. And that can be really helpful when you don't have the chance to sit in your own lovingly created sacred space. You can also keep a collection of images that give you spiritual feelings on your phone to help set the mood, or even take a picture of your altar in use to have in case you ever need it. Recreating an altar might not work for you, so something else you can do is find spiritual activities that you can do as you are able. Divination can be great, especially if you're just pulling a single oracle card to give you guidance or using runes to pick up on any messages you might need to receive. You can also use quiet moments to talk to your spiritual guides or make a playlist of music that feels spiritual for you. Something else that can be really helpful is to wear clothes that reflect your intentions. I love wearing black because it feels protective but maybe yellow would boost your spirits or green would make you feel in touch with nature. This is also where I think that spiritual jewelry comes in handy. I have a pentacle ring that is always on my finger when I really need the extra reassurance and comfort of my spirituality. And it always makes me feel even a little bit more in control of what's going on around me. If you're listening to this and you aren't currently in a situation where you'll have your routine disrupted, A good thing to do is to be proactive about fostering a strong connection to your spirituality. It's good to keep your routines consistent, but it's also good to sometimes do a little bit extra when you're able to and you feel like you'd benefit from it. My typical time for spiritual activity is Friday night, But sometimes I'll have the drive to do a little bit of a bonus round on another night, so that week I'll just have more than one session. This makes it easier for me to feel that I'm spiritually sated enough to carry that with me during the times when I can't do my usual practice. And lastly, just remember that no matter what, the disruption will come to an end and you can continue on with your wonderfully witchy life. This week, I'm going back to the Affirmator's Tarot. I've used it at least once a day for the past week because I do like the affirmations. I also noticed that the deck has the uplifting qualities that are so good during difficult times, but there's like this thread of cynicism there that keeps everything grounded. The deck doesn't ask you to only see love and light, it just asks you to see whatever it is that will allow you to get through to the next moment, and I really, really appreciate that. Our card today is the world. There's a cycle that's coming to an end and a chance to enjoy the rewards of your hard work and perseverance. When I see this card, I'm reminded to keep my eye on the big picture. Something can be hard in the moment, but it's part of something more significant than whatever is happening in that very second. It's important to not lose the forest for the trees. This card to me is overall very positive but there can be a little kiss of bittersweetness in there. Even when you let go of difficult things, the letting go can create a void that you no longer know what to do with. In that way, the fool represents that void, and also rebirth back into the fool, where you begin your journey to whatever comes next. Who would you be if you let go of what you were truly finished with? The affirmation for this card is, I accept enjoy, and deserve all the abundance the limitless multiverses bring to me. And by the way, I am giving you the distilled version of these affirmations. The ones that come with the deck are longer and are actually pretty humorous. With that, we are at the end of our time here in the Witch Hut. If you have any animal companions, give them whatever kind of love and affection they like best on my behalf. If you wanna keep up with podcast happenings, you can follow the Witch Hut on Instagram at the Witch Hut pod and for the show, cat pictures, Animal Crossing stuff, and whatever else you can follow me on at Pigeon Sauvage. I also want to take a moment to open myself up to questions. So if you have any questions you would like answered or topics you wanna hear me explore here in the Witch Hut, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at either account. Until next time, stay safe healthy, and magical.